Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 323. And away. We go. so take a shot. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my job. I'm a moan breaker. Drink a plan, it's a boy, about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty, joined. As always, the one and only Mr. Marcus Davenport Shawan, the third. Marcus, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? You know, you never put respect in a name. I thought, that was, a, I thought that was a great, I thought that was a great introduction. And, 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 I thought that was like, one of my insulting. best ones yet. You're making up. I called you the one and only. I don't know what your problem is, dude. This, see, see what it, I got to deal it's, with, people? It's, it's, I give him a respectful introduction. This is the bullshit he gives me. It's your favorite actor, And anyway, you can't, you can't bring me down today. We are recording the show February 10th. Friday, Marcus, do you know what happened last night? After three grueling years of disappointment, 10 years if you had the total, my man Zach Thomas got inducted into the w, uh, WWE NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> About fucking time, dude. Your Jets got two guys. That's got to be a record for the Jets. Got two guys. Got Klecko and Darrell Rivas, both both uh, you know in the rightful place in the Hall of Fame. Hey, also, th- this is a first at least that I know of, both in the same team, offensive and defensive rookies of the year from the same team, New York Jets with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, both also in the rightful place. Excited, man. And he still failed to make the playoffs. That's weird. Well, you know, that's what happens when you don't have a quarterback. So I was uh, really you happy. Might, I, I you might out. know something about that. Oh, yeah, please. 20 years of dealing with that. So I marked out on my couch because every year we get disappointed and finally my man's back. Dan Marino, Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, my, my three boys growing up, all three of them now in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to all of them. Hey, you know, Zach Thomas, he gave the Jets a lot of headaches. I was not a fan while he was active yeah. just because of how damn good he was. Uh, and, but, yeah, obviously, man, like, you know, that's it's well-deserved for him. Cheers to him. Let's cheers to – and your Jets, too. Congratulations to the class of Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, let's cheers to the class of Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about NFL honors. What a powerful movement that was when they brought uh, Daryl Hamlin on the, uh, the stage with his doctors and the medical staff. That was a nice mo- moment for him. Apparently, he, he may play again. I, I don't see how, but I hope so. I hope so. If Jerry Lawler can wrestle again after a cardiac arrest, I'm assuming he can play football again. By the way, thoughts and prayers to Jerry Lawler. What a week this has been. Uh, yeah. Is Jerry Lawler expected to make a recovery? Thank God. Uh, I think I heard yeah. that earlier today. So thank God for that. Crazy man, what happened? I feel like I feel like the king has like nine lives. I think ten at this point, isn't it? Isn't it his tenth? <laughs> Good for him, man. Yeah, definitely. He was just he he was just on the panel for Royal Rumble uh, for the Royal Rumble. He looked great. Oh, did he? I missed the panel. Right, good. Yeah, I bet he was. It's just you know, again cardiac arrest, strokes, happened in a heartbeat. So enjoy life while you can, Marcus. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Cheers to life. Cheers. We're, we're, we're cheersing a lot today. Let's go. This is going to be an episode. Damn right, buddy. Damn right. 
So what better way to uh, start this episode off and uh, let's see what's trending this week. All right, buddy. So Mandy Rose made some news when she was in an interview for oral sessions with Renee Paquette. Is it? Is that how you say your name? I always get that mixed up. Paquette. I'm part French. I'm part French. I should know this. It's embarrassing. Anyway, Draven at Wrestling Covers says, Renee mentioned the idea of reuniting Mandy Rose and Soraya in AEW, and she agreed that it would be nice. She mentioned her past pairing with Dustin Rhodes as well, but when it comes to wrestling again, it's not something she's ruled out, but it's not her primary focus. So, buddy, I want to ask you this. Do you think AEW would be a good fit for Mandy Rose? Everywhere she goes would be a good fit for Mandy Rose. I don't think they need her, though. Does she need them? If she's not really too interested in wrestling, then no, don't go to AEW. Why? You have the following. You have your, what, making millions of dollars on her OnlyFans, whatever it's called. I don't think they need her, nor does she need them. Yeah, I mean. Plus, then what spot I, does, I, I, whose spot does she take? The, where does she fit in? It's a whole chessboard. I don't think she's fitting in. I disagree in the, in the aspect that, you know, AEW doesn't need her. I think AEW could use some of the star factor of Mandy Rose. I mean, let's face the facts. She, she's making her name for herself. She's been making a name for herself, especially, you know, in NXT, which she's been, like, honing her craft there. But, you know, I, I feel like would she actually be a good fit there for herself? I don't necessarily know because, you know, there are some, like, hardcore wrestlers in AEW that might expose her, if you will, for True. for her ability. I, I think that she would probably be a fish out of the water there unless they do something creative with their gimmick, you know, as far as, like, bringing her along with Soraya to be part of that group. But... I don't know. I don't necessarily think Mandy would get that star power that people would expect her to have just because of like how it's developed over there. Because AEW, the, the storylines aren't necessarily a, a thing. It, it's more wrestling focused, right? Yeah, I think she'll do the same thing that, that happens to a lot of them. Former WWE people that come in, huge, huge debuts, crowd pops, and then it wanes and fizzles. And there she's on dark and elevation, whatever it's called. Do we think Mandy Rose would have been successful as she was? And she, she had a great year. I mean, her in-ring performances were amazing, getting better and better and better. Would she have been successful without toxic attraction by her side? Probably not. So I'm going to call a spade a spade. Probably not. So then I think she needs but to like, be paired up with somebody in an AEW, not Soraya, some like people on her level. But I can I can't think of anybody named offhand. But the thing is, there, you know, there, there is a difference. The more the, the that we're talking about the subject of Mandy Rose, whether whether she would be a good fit or not for AEW. There's a huge difference in the way how wrestlers are built, like stars are built in WWE and how stars are built in AEW. Again, AEW is very wrestling focused. It's not so much storyline focused. Yes, there are some storylines that are involved in there, but the key factors are what happens in that ring. Uh, Mandy Rose, has, it's very, she's from WWE. She was trained in WWE. Like that, that's what she knows. She's not an indie person, you know, so she doesn't have like, you're not going to see like the knee slaps. You're not going to see the flips. You're not going to see stuff like that from her. You know, her her, her body of work is presented for the main stage for for a grandiose audience, if you will, such as WWE, and that's what works there. I think maybe that's why some of these wrestlers didn't necessarily pan out from WWE to AEW. People don't use the word grandiose enough. Good for you. But yeah, again, I just don't see her how she fits in the mold right now in AEW. There's so many pieces in that cog and the main roster and the mid card level the women's division i don't i just don't know i don't i don't think it'll be a good fit for her right now and as as you said like you know it doesn't that answer from andy rose doesn't scream like i can't wait to get back in the ring yeah i didn't get that vibe from her since she got released i feel like i think she loved what she was doing 
But now that she can just appear half naked by her pool and make millions of dollars, hell fucking right. sign, sign me up. I'll do that. <laughs> millions of dollars for her looks, for her brand. It's also doing wonders for her brand, you know, So because people are still talking about her. So, like, if you want to be a star and make money, which is something that she wanted to do, she made no... She made no secret about that, even from her days in Tough Enough. Yeah. Then, like, what are we talking about? Like, you know, she's, she's doing here? really well. <laughs> she's doing really well. <laughs> and she was talking about how she rates guys, uh, I hate the word junk, but, you know, things. And, you know, how guys apparently love sending pictures of them left and right to women. And now she right. has a genius idea of them paying her to have them send these pictures. And she just gives them a rating. Genius idea. Amazing, amazing work. I'm, I'm assuming she didn't come up with it, but she's definitely owning it. And uh, well, maybe she, maybe she did. I mean, it's a genius idea. You know, it, it, she's like kind of going that way. Oh, if you can't beat them, might as well make a profit off it. <laughs> and, and she is so good for. Her. I mean, she's obviously, I guess, comfortable enough to get that. Yeah, and, and her fiance <laughs> is too, as well. Probably. Exactly. So kudos to her. And honestly, if she did ever want to come back to wrestling, I think it's going to be WWE. I think she, I, I think she keeps it very real. I think she knows what she could. I think she would, thinks it would be a cool idea from the sounds of it to like, you know, team up with Soraya in AEW, but it doesn't sound like it's something that like she's, you know, clamoring to do to go to AEW. It seems like if she were to ever go back to wrestling, it would be back in WWE in a heartbeat. I think but, so. I think that with, the I, I think, interview with uh, Tamron Hall too gave me that vibe too. Right. Right. So I think that's where it stands out with Mandy Rose. I think we both agree here. I think we can easily move on right really? now. How often do we agree on something? It's, I feel dirty. Right. Cheers. It's a little disgusting. Mm. I'll be cheersing again. Huh? Good thing I'm drinking water today. Yeah, water. Womp womp. Anywho, going on to the subject of AEW. Eddie Kingston, man, he really like lit into people on Twitter today. Mainly, not today, but this past week. Mainly at the champ himself. Russell Pierce covers this at Russell Pierce, quoting Eddie Kingston. He's MJF, a real piece of shit. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know why he's the champion. He'll cry about it to Tony. Then I'll get an email from Mega or HR. You know, you can't be calling our world champion a piece of shit. Quote by Eddie Kingston on the WTF with Mark Marin. And then he went on, I think, was it yesterday? Like, just basically calling out everyone, including John Moxley, his best friend. It, it was interesting to see, like, is this a work? What's going on here? Like... Is this something to monitor? Are, are things heating up in the AEW locker room, buddy? Haven't we had this conversation since the blow-up with CM Punk and those guys? Uh, we thought the locker room was getting better. Is it? From what I'm, what I'm reading here, is it getting better? doesn't seem like it seems like they're starting to lose control again, unless this is a work of some sort. But I haven't seen Eddie Kingston in a prominent TV storyline in God knows how long. So is this him trying to make an angle for himself? Is this some sort of angle that they're building up to? I don't get that vibe from this. I think it's just him venting. And unloading his negative feelings. Because when Eddie Kingston talks, we listen. And we're listening today. Right. And MJF's such an easy target, too, because of his persona and his character. He's an asshole. He lives his character. And, and from the stories we hear. Like, you know, we've heard stories as well. Like, you know, the politicking and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And from people we know personally. So, who knows? I mean, this is this is something to monitor. Yes. The answer your question, yes. Are things heating up? No. Because they've been heating up for months. But where is this leading to? I don't know. Because, again... When was the last time I saw him on TV? Like three weeks ago? I don't see him fitting into the MGF. Which is in, which is insane because he's just such a good talent and the fans are clearly behind him. I feel like if Eddie Kingston, a huge F, if Eddie Kingston was in WWE and he had this fan support, like they would push him to the moon. 
the tweet you quoted was from Russell Purist quoting him on the Mark Marin podcast. What tweet I read was somebody tweeted retweeted his tweet about we get to see the world champion three times within an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, guys like yes. X, Y, and Z are in the back doing nothing. That felt more personal than storyline. Because, yeah, why was MGF seen three times when you have guys in the back who are doing nothing? And I think this is real. It's something to monitor, yes. Eddie is a very interesting person because I, I feel like he, he blends reality and and the art very well. You know, he, he's just so believable. On he's the a master mic. at it, yeah. You know, he's a master at it. And it makes you wonder, well, is it real, right? And for all we know, it is. For all we know, the shit he says on the mic is absolutely real. And, and, the same, and here we are again, like, you know, wondering, is this real or not? And it does seem like it's coming from real place. Like, I, I remember first really thinking about that with Eddie Kingston when he uh, had the promo off with CM Punk. I was like, this, oh, yeah. comes, this seems like it's coming from a real that, place. Yeah. And it, it turns out it, it definitely was. It does make you wonder, like, you know, how how do you... You know, with, I guess we were talking about before like, Eddie Kingston not being on TV in three weeks. Is 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 he getting himself in trouble? Like, you know, is he opening his mouth a little too much and, and uh, they're just you know punishing him, if you will? Or could it be how Zack Ryder was being uh, a prominent fixture on catering, sitting in the back doing nothing week in week out? What did he do? He created a online video vlog of himself, got himself over, and he won championships. Eddie Kingston's never had a problem getting over. He's been over since the, the first time he stepped foot in an AEW ring. Yeah, I'm not saying about getting over, but this, maybe he's trying to create something to get him back on TV. Because we're, now we're talking about it. Now, AEW is seeing that we're talking about it. AEW is seeing the people are talking about Eddie Kingston. Are they going to pull the... Oh, people are talking about Eddie Kingston. Let's put Eddie Kingston in the, in the ring with MJF for a mic off. It could, be, it could be his own way of trying to get himself back on TV. But then the fact that... Then he throws shade at Moxley in his last tweet uh barrage there i found that interesting because they are boys and he even said at one point like you know here's the people i am cool with number one john moxley like you know it, 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 it's just very bizarre uh what's going on here and, and i do wonder like you know how do you control that do you even want to control eddie kingston because like you know just he, he's just so real and raw and like you know fans get behind that but i, I don't know man it's just such it's such a I wouldn't want to be t- Tony Khan is pretty much what I'm saying right now. If this is a shoot and this is real, how much slack on the leash are they giving him before they pull in the reins and like, hey, because it seems like they're starting to already. Cool. Calm down. If they, if they, they can't let him go off the rails. They need to control him. If they let him go off again, then you go back to the problem of losing control of the locker room. Right. It's such a fine line of, of like, you know, what you do with someone like this. Yep. I don't know, man. And and then like, you know, say say ultimately like, you know what, Eddie's just not worth it to cut ties with him, then what for Eddie? Because you know, I really can't see Eddie toning it down for WWE. Oh no, not Eddie, at all. Because he would he, he would have to. He would absolutely have to. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all, no. Plus, look at him. No offense to him. He's he he does good job in the ring. He's not a WWE superstar, look wise. I don't I don't know if that mandate has changed under the new regime. But I don't know if they're willing to give him a shot in the ring. As a manager, the mouthpiece, maybe, because he's killing it. He's great. We clearly did LAX and Impact. He didn't wrestle, but he was their manager, mouthpiece. Who knows? I just don't see him in the WWE. Does he go back to Impact? Does maybe he just makes a name for himself in the indies? He's a big enough enough name to be a draw. Which he seemed perfectly fine doing. I, I don't necessarily know, man. Like I think we're getting ahead of ourselves as far as like, you know, talking about being out the door. But, you know, obviously if this is if this is not 
a work, then it definitely has to be managed somehow, some way, and it has to be managed de- delicately. Moving on, though, going sticking with AEW here in the business world of AEW, actually. So, Wrestling Observer at W O N F four W. Tony Khan expects very lucrative deal for AEW media rights. Heyo, something that it's been. In the, in the work, seems like for a while, there's a lot of talk about this. Like, you know, how AEW, the, the more uh, advanced they're getting, the, the more of a library that they're building, that this is something that eventually have to happen for them. So if this deal is in the works, Putty, does this put AEW any closer to the level of WWE? I mean, closer, I guess. On WWE's level? No. Oh, look at that smirk. Look at that I mean, smirk. <laughs> I don't know how, first of all, I don't know how levels how far apart they are level wise in your eyes but well, how far apart are they in your eyes i don't i, I really don't know because i never really compared it them to it's apples and oranges to me are they competition for wwe as of right now um, without without the the media deal here competition in the sense of people jumping ship yes okay competition in the in the market of getting sponsors commercial ads tv time i don't think so because WWE has a 50-year head start on them. Mm-hmm. You, always, you always keep saying they're a startup company. And they're, what, only three years in? Doing a great job for themselves, yeah. They're de- definitely making a name for themselves and making a footprint on the industry. Are they on the level of WWE? No, they're not. Does this bring them a step closer if the numbers are up there? Because lucrative to me and you might not be the same to him. So once the numbers come out, then we have this conversation again. If they're billions, if there's uh, nine, eight-something millions... Then we can talk. And then I wonder, I wonder what it is. Is it HBO? Is it? I, I, I saw something that they took to with ESPN for overseas. That's pretty major. Oh yeah, because overseas is so, whole different. Yeah, it's a whole, whole, whole big puzzle piece with overseas deals and states deals. Right. Who knows? HBO HBO has been on the tip of the tongue of a lot of people when it comes to streaming service. I've been talking about streaming this next wave when we talk about other, uh, another superstar starting their own company. Go streaming. That's where it's at. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can go that route. But who knows? What, who knows what's going on on HBO anymore? They're canceling shows, signing shows, doing movies. I think it's just let, let HBO settle down right now. Right. Well, but the HBO. I mean, it, you one would have to think this actually might be a cheaper road for them because HBO or AEW. Uh, HBO by like, you know getting uh, media rights for AEW. Oh, because of the Warner thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because they're they're going toward towards like you know reality based. They're going towards uh, you know away from like you know. All these expensive projects they have, like you know, Westworld was canceled, but you know, Westworld was 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 it canceled or was it taken away off HBO Max? I forget which one, either or, like you know, they're just getting away from a lot of the stuff and want to focus more reality and stuff like that. But like you know, wrestling, I mean, wrestling's not gonna have as big a budget as say Westworld, right? Or some of these TV shows that HBO produces and people would watch, you know, a lot more about this than I do because you're in the industry but do you think like an HBO someone like an HBO will pull the trigger on media rights to AEW or will everyone wait to see what's going on with the sale of WWE because HBO and Warner Brothers come out of nowhere to buy WWE will they want to have AEW on HBO Max that's a good point or is this is this a bluff by Tony Khan maybe maybe because Tony Khan has said like he, he he said quite a few times like you know he's definitely keeping an eye on this potential sale for WWE, and I think a lot of people are. 
but like you know, I, I think that's a smart move, especially as a businessman, to see like what's going on here. Of course, he's going to throw his name in the hat as far as as a potential buyer. It's not going to be realistic. It's not going to happen. But like, if there's a. I've said a million times, whatever happens with WWE as far as a sale goes, this is a trickle down effect, and AEW would definitely feel some of that. Because, uh, yeah, of course, the meteorite still, that has to happen. But, like, you know, whatever happens to WWE, that's going to impact that deal. Amen. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. Keep an eye close on this story. Absolutely. But, buddy, that is all I have for what's trending today. I do have an interview, though. Great. Is it with me, finally? No, no one cares about you. But wow. there's someone that, there is someone, though, that does trump you, Michael J. Putty. You're going to like this one. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for wrestling's richest prize. He is the all-father, Darius Carter. Mr. Darius Carter, but sure. That, uh, I, I, thought, I, I thought, you know, we were on that level. I, I could eliminate the mystery. Oh, I guess. All right. We're oh. on that level? Uh, no, I guess not. I guess <laughs> not. I was, I was presumptuous to my part. When you're introducing me to people, you don't introduce me in, in, in a form in which we're familiar. You don't you do know that. what that's you're, a valid in, point. you're introducing people into a familiar relationship. That that that's not how that works. That's my mistake. That's my mistake. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mister Darius Carter. Take two. There you go. There we go. There we go. Unbelievable. Hey, you feel better, it's, don't you? It does feel better. You get it does it right. feel better. It does, it does feel, feel better. better when you get it right. Yeah, I don't like the half-ass stuff, man. Like you know, I I, you, 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 I thank you for calling me out. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Well, Darius, thank you for joining the show here. Uh, you know, always a welcome guest. Now, let, let's get into some business here, if you will. You know, for those that do know you, man, like, in acting, right? You know, say number one in the call sheet. That's the most important person, actor, if you will, on that set. And they they, they set the tone for everything. On the show, in the movie, I feel like you're that person pretty much at every single promotion that you ever step foot in. That couldn't have always been the case, though. What, what, no. Do you remember, like, do you remember, like, that first time where where you felt it? Oh, that's that's the amazing part about all this is every promotion that I'm on top of, I had to scratch and claw to get there. I never came in and just was shot to the top. That never once happened. That didn't happen at BCW, didn't happen at Pro Wrestling Magic, didn't happen at Warriors of Wrestling, didn't happen at uh, uh, any of these places that you've seen me at. I've never been hot-shotted. I always had to come up from the bottom. Warriors of Wrestling, when I came there in 2014, I had to come up through the studio tapings. They were filming tapings at their training center. That's how I got onto the show. Uh, So... I, I worked my way up 2015, 2016, 2017. Now I'm a four-time champion. Now I'm their number one person because I've been there since 2014. I've seen them all come and go. You know, I've built that equity there. BCW, been there since 2015, you know, at towards the end of that year uh, when we were at the, the, the Queen's Elks Lodge. <laughs> you, we remember those days. That's the, the original three combination wrestling days. Um I was there 16, 17, 18, never any time off. So I've seen these people come and go. Joe Gacy, Mike Orlando, seen these champions come and go and stood the test of time. I never was thrust immediately 
to the final spot. And that's the, that's the thing I, I, I always want people to learn from all this. It's just like, and remember that. Like, when you see me on top of all these places, don't think I'm walking in and, and, and being handed things. I, I came in, I changed the culture. I made myself the number one person. I made myself the most reliable person at five, six different promotions at the same time, easily. That's how I was holding all those titles going into the Super 8. Five championships I held going into the Super 8 and then won the Super 8. That, that's historic. That's monumental on, on an unprecedented scale. And I will discuss it because it needs to be said and it needs to be heard and it needs to be remembered. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like your resume, I, it, it's hard for anyone else to compare the resume to yours. I mean, I, I think you have a resume that a lot of wrestlers would would, would die for. And it, it, it's incredible because, yeah, I, I think for those that don't know or for those that knew the business, I mean, like they, they see you as a goat. You know, like that's all I know you as, as as being great. But like, of course, yeah, no one starts off that way. Like, do you remember like that moment where like that, that everything kind of shifted for you, though? I mean, what was that exact moment in that feeling? I think there are checkpoint moments. I like to call them in your career moments and matches where you realize, OK, I've ascended to another level. I just I just hit another plane here. Um I mean, 2013 was definitely one of those years uh, where that, that was where the formation of the crusade for change came into my mind, where I really started seeing the business differently. At that point, I was in the business for maybe about five years or so, but I had traveled. I was traveling and doing those long hours and those long rides, and I was seeing a lot. I was being exposed to a lot early um, because, again, at places like Beyond Wrestling, I was two years in and wrestling some of the best wrestlers in the world. Tra world traveled wrestlers that had been in the game 10 plus years i was wrestling those people traveling to ohio you know 13 14 hours out uh <laughs> in a to wrestle in a garage against elite upper crust talent and that's what made me good early that's what i i let the lessons i learned there i was able to manifest over time and then when you mix that with experience it's it's it puts you on another, it puts you on another level. Um, and, and to me, I, I feel like there's just different points in your career where you hit that. 2013 was definitely one of them uh, where I just, I said, all right, it's time to get going. Uh, it's time, I, I, my matches just were flowing better. Uh, the, I always had the crowd connection, but there, it was just, there was even more hate. It was even, it was just, you could just feel that it was, things were heating up. Um and then that's when I started breaking into New York a little bit in 2014, the New York scene, because I was wrestling out in PA for my first few years. You know, every town in PA, you name it, I wrestled there. Um, so that's when you get into New York 2014 and then 2015 and then 2016 with the Crusade again. Major, major year for me. And then from there, I just feel like it was just... <laughs> you've been hearing about me since it's been like six seven years of just Darius Carter working his way up or at the top of the New York New Jersey the tri-state scene up and down the coast I mean everybody knows Darius Carter you can act like you don't you can pretend like you don't you can try and write it off or dismiss me or whisper about me but you know about Darius Carter let's not pretend
Was there like a particular wrestler or a match that you had that that helped mold like who Darius Carter is today? I mean, it's a lot of them. Uh, I mean, one match I always jumped to was me and Timothy Thatcher that I had, uh, and that was back 2015. Um, tough. That match, I went into there with pride in my technical ability and, and thinking I can go in and, and really not not beat anybody, not coming with like that per se, but like you really think you can go in there and you can maneuver your way around somebody. You, you size somebody up. I looked at, at someone like Tim Thatcher. He had long limbs, thick guy. And I was like, all right, I can get in there. I can get in. I have technique that he doesn't know about because he's not familiar with me. So, or not as familiar with me. So I can take advantage of that. The combination of him not knowing and my ability, I figured I can knock him off his heel. And that match really taught me like that. There are people that are just on a different plane and, and you, you, you never, there's never a peak. You can, you can only get better. And I, I realized that day I can be so much better than I am. And that's something I take with me every day. Um, powder keg was that the name of that event beyond wrestling. Um, I mean, just pushed me, pushed my mind, pushed me physically, a chess match in every single form, the type of match I love to have so much growth in that match. Um, that's just one of several, but that comes to mind when you ask that question immediately. That's amazing. So, you know, I, I think any aspiring wrestler or, or current, like, you know, new wrestler that would listen to this would, would want to know the answer to this question. What, if they want to be on your level, like, what does it take to get to that point? You know, what, what does it take to be the next Darius Carter? And do you see anyone out there that, that could, you know, <laughs> fill those shoes? Hey, there can never be a next because I'm not stepping <laughs> off the plate, you know. Uh, it, it's just commitment. It takes commitment. Every second, every hour of every day, I'm always posting or tweeting or putting something out just to keep that bloodline go- going, not to use that, I guess that term, but, you know, to keep that, you know, to keep that lifeline going and keep the energy and, let people know you're there and let people know you're real and let people know you're present. You're not just there Saturday nights. You're not just there Sunday nights for an event. Darius Carter is, is present in, in real time. He is real life. And that adds, I think so much to people's connection to Darius Carter is how real I am and how much emotion I can evoke from someone because people, not that people know someone like, like Darius Carter, but, they've dreaded a person like a Darius Carter and it's just very real to them. And it's very powerful and it's very, uh, it's very focused, very firm, very just strong. What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Very willful. Um, and that's what this is all about. I think when you when you ask what can you what can people do to get to the next level or to be unforgettable or to be 
you know, appear uh, is to connect, connect yeah. and commit, you know, listen, listen, when, when you do something, listen, because people are telling you how they feel about something when they boo, when they cheer, they're evoking their thought. Uh, and, and that's something you can utilize. That's something you can manipulate. I, I love that. That's my favorite. Oh, it, dude. It, I, I, I see it in your face and your matches. Like you just feed off that crowd. It doesn't matter how many people are there or not there. Like you just feed off of all of that. Uh, and, and you apply it so damn well. Thank you. Yeah. It's that energy. And, and it's the price of admission. I always tell you, you're getting the price of admission, you know, just you're, just for your $20 or $25, whatever it is, just to get Darius Carter alone. Like, come on, that let's, <laughs> let's be honest. You know, you're, you're getting the show in one human being, you know, let alone everyone else, you know, come on. No, it, it's, it's the complete package. Cause like you, uh, what you bring into the ring is absolutely incredible. You know, you're not like a, one of those typical high flyers that people would see. Like, but you 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 bring like this this ferociousness inside that ring uh, with, with the the math skills, your technical skills, and just like it, it, it's like there's a difference between watching like an indie wrestler and then someone from like the main stage, and you bring like a main stage level to you in every match that you do. I appreciate that. There's there's a ring psychology to what you do. Like everything that you do is with a purpose, with a meaning. Every word that you say out of your mouth is with a purpose, with a meaning. There's there's no wasted air. There's no wasted movement. Uh, you know, people when they when they talk about that, you know, they talk about people like you know Shawn Michaels in that level. Uh, you know, and that's what I see with you when whenever I see you do your thing in the ring. Uh, that's that's a grandiose uh, uh, compliment. I, I appreciate that. That's what it's about. It's about, again, connecting and committing and, and, again, experience. And I've talked about that in locker rooms. That's the best thing that I've gotten over the years is experience. The ability to put everything together and to see things from an external point of view. Like, I can see things from outside of myself. I can look at Darius Carter outside of myself. And that is really only achievable through experience. Because when you're first, when you're young, you're, you're, your head's so caught in it. There's so much being thrown at you in the business. You, you can't wrap it up. The most basic information and advice that you're getting, you can't register it because there's so much going on when you're entering the business. You're trying to learn. You're doing resumes. You're trying to figure out how to get paid properly. You're trying to figure out where to go. It's tough. And experience puts that all together. And then you're able to just, it's it becomes easy for you. It becomes clockwork in a, in a great way. Not, not, not in a, in a in a commonplace like oh man I'm punching in punching out if that's how you're doing it then you're doing it entirely wrong you know mm, right. uh, but it, it, it's like clockwork it's like I know what I need to do where I need to be and, and what I'm gonna get out of out of those those hours there so uh, <laughs> it, it's a it, it's a business though because like yeah. and you approach it especially there there are many wrestlers and we've had countless conversations about this about like you know it, with what we both do. Like, you know, there, there's people that approach it as an art, which is great. And then mm -hmm. there's people that approach it as an art, but also as a business. Right. And, and you see the difference between those two. And, and you approach this so much like you respect the art, obviously, of it. But 
you have such a business sense to it. And I think that separates you from a lot of people. Just talking about what you did before with social media, uh, the, the importance of that, of like being present, you know, bring your brand out there along with the promotions that you're working at, along with the opponents that you're facing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot to that. For part two of this interview, stay tuned for Shot of BCW. In the meantime, back to TV Takedown. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. As always, a pleasure having Darius Carter, or Mr. Darius Carter, excuse me, he corrected me, coming back on the yeah, show. Yeah, I can call him Darius. Can li- Put respect on his name. Oh, we'll see about that. Anywho, you can listen to the second part of this interview, which will be exclusively on A Shot of BCW, a brand new segment of our podcast covering all things from Breed Combination Wrestling. And you'll hear him talk a lot more about Marina Shafir, the World Heavyweight Champion, and Anniversary 6. Six years, man. That's crazy. BCW's been around. There goes my go-home thoughts. <laughs> TV takedown. All right, let's get into it. Monday Night Raw. Here we go. WrestleOps at WrestleOps. Talked about Paul Heyman and that segment with Cody Rhodes. Mwah. That was beautiful, man. An all-timer powerful segment between Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman tonight. Tell the story. And what a story they were telling, man. I thought it was well done. Great work. I mean, Paul Heyman's always a master of my Cody Rhodes is an excellent storyteller. So I want to ask you this, buddy. Which is the better storyline heading to WrestleMania? Is it Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, or is it Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns? Interesting question. Uh, I'm big on semantics, and it's how you worded that question. What's the better story going into WrestleMania? I think the better angle is the whole Cody Rhodes thing. Coming back after all these years... Winning the Royal Rumble, everybody knew he would, but Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, two of the hottest names in the industry right now, going head-to-head against the biggest prize in the industry on the grandest stage of them all. Yeah, that's money. It's been building up. It's fantastic that we have all these weeks left to tell a story. But the story's been told already with Sami Zayn for nine freaking months. What happened at the Royal Rumble? I don't see the better story. Has to be Sami Zayn. Because not only is Roman Reigns, the bloodline... Sami Zayn, but now you have this side angle between Sami Zayn and Jey Uso, who have been at each other for most of those nine months, won each other over at Raw Games, but now tonight we see this backstage in the parking lot angle, which apparently Roman Reigns has seen, if you watch the end of SmackDown, better story going into WrestleMania is Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, which is, brings me back to your point of what happens to Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. I think, you, I think you're winning me over here. He has to get involved somehow. <laughs> right i mean that does make sense that does make sense or like, even with jay like what's going on with jay i've been seeing this circulating around twitter and i it's not necessarily like you know my own original thought but i thought about it quite a bit as well this whole thing started with jay how magnificent would it be if it ended with jay as well very perfect great storytelling some right? I, i've seen multiple times people putting wrestlemania predictions on online social medias. And I've seen several times the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And at first, I'm like, oh, that's how they do it. But when I see the grand picture here, I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Going back to what happened with Kobe Kingston, they struck when the iron was hot. The iron is hotter. I think Sami Zayn's hotter right now than Cody Rhodes, based on the crowd reaction alone. Oh, oh. Because the crowd's more emotionally invested in Sami Zayn 
So you have tonight on SmackDown. You're right. For for nine months. It, this is a hard debate here because you're talking about nine months. This whole build has been happening. And, like, dude, I shit you not. When Sammy struck Roman with the chair, the I, I it just really felt like the, the roof was going to explode. Like, there, there's no other way I could put it. And I, I'm not even talking about an exaggeration here. Like, it, it really felt that. You felt like the... The arena shake through the TV. It was insane. I've never seen that before in my life. Ever. Especially like with a crowd that was so dead through most of the show. It it was wild to see. However. There he is. You, you know, you're talking about storytelling here. And, and listen, Sami Zayn Roman Reigns is a beautiful story. It really is. It, it, they're doing such a great job telling it. But you also have two great actors Two great performers. You add in this, the, the the side character, Paul Heyman. You know, it, it, it's this story that they're telling that they're building up to, man. Like, you know, at one point, there were people talking about, like, oh, Cody said, like, you know, about not needing to rock a WrestleMania because they could tell a story that, like, yes, that convinced me. That promo Monday night convinced me absolutely. And that was round one. We still have a lot more rounds to go coming into WrestleMania. You know, I get it. The Sami Zayn storyline is hot. There's still so many questions going to WrestleMania, though, about what's going to happen to Sami. Are, are they going to do this with him? Are, is somehow Jay going to get involved? Is he going to turn on Sami? Is he going to be the reason why he loses him in the Elimination Chamber? And then it goes into a tag team match with him. Like, a lot of different ways to go. It, hell, for all we know, Sami could get involved in that match between Roman and Sami. It could be a triple threat. But still, like... That would actually manifest into a whole other thing. But right now, what I'm talking about, storyline going into this, I'm hooked. You know, talking about the family, talking about Dustin. He, Paul Heyman, talked about Dustin Rhodes' last words. And did you see that? Did you see the emotion that, that struck Cody? That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. Cody has a great story heading into WrestleMania, without a doubt. Right. One of the hottest in the industry. Cody's story going against Roman Reigns into WrestleMania on fire without question. Cody Rhodes' story is hot. And just, like, However, like before even know, knowing about that stuff, okay, go for it. The story with Sami Zayn is between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. There is a dance there. Going to WrestleMania is all about Cody Rhodes. Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns is a a story between two men, two two men who've been battling. And entwined for nine months. This storyline with going to WrestleMania is all about Cody and his family and his father. However, we have love, family, intrigue, soap opera A type stuff between Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, and now Jey Uso. But do you not the story see what, there what, do, is there? Do you, do you not see what round one is building up to? It's building up to royal family versus royal family. The Rhodes is is is, is wrestling royalty, but one could say. The uh, I can never say his last name. <laughs> oh, please, L- ladies and gentlemen, get your popcorn I, ready. Here we go. <laughs> Unedited. Anu- go. Anu- Anuwa. Anuwa family. No. Oh fuck! How do you say it? Anuai. Anuai. One can say the Anuai family is just as royal. May- might be even more royal, especially the whole bloodline angle that they're playing here. Am I right? Yeah. Like, absolutely. there's so much we can tell. Hell, we can go even to this. Mr. WWE, Roman Reigns versus Mr. AEW, Cody Rhodes. There's so much build here. Again, Monday Night Raw was round one. Shots were fired big time. 
and we still have quite more way to go. It's dude, I think this is gonna wind up being a bigger storyline going into WrestleMania than I can't believe I'm saying it, than Sammy and Roman Reigns. Right now, I would probably agree that Sammy Sammy Zayn storyline is hot, but I think as things gear up towards WrestleMania, I can see like the bigger picture here. I think it's definitely gonna be Cody and Roman. You're asking what what is the better story going into WrestleMania? We're going into WrestleMania today, right? We have one more stop left. Limited chamber. We have one more stop. We have one but more as stop. of February 10th, you're asking me this question. The hottest storyline is Sami Zayn without a question. Ask me this question in two weeks when the Elimination Chamber is over. Let's feel the fallout of the Elimination Chamber. Might be a different story. But right now, the hottest storyline is not comparable. Sami Zayn trumps Cody Rhodes because we're heading into the Elimination Chamber. After Elimination well, Chamber is done, set. after that's done, let's see how the road to WrestleMania plays out. With no more stops left. No more exit ramps. What is Sami Zayn, the Cody Rhodes storyline, plays out? But as of today, that's Sami Zayn, without a doubt. Well, it sounds like we're going to have part two of this conversation as we get closer. Moving on, putty. Going to NXT. Oh, hold on. I feel like we hold haven't on. talked about it. Yeah, hold on. I'm just, uh, i got to check out the weather app here. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm checking the weather real quick, please. Yeah, as I figured, 20 degrees in hell. Hell is frozen over because Marcus Davenport-Shawan is talking about NXT. The floor is yours. I mean, I feel like a lot of big events happened on a Tuesday night while NXT was going on. And it kind of like trumped what was going on with them. Well, here we go. We'll talk about this. Roman Reigns season tweets about this. At Reigns underscore era. But the whole GGJC angle, the split of toxic attraction. I thought GG and JC were getting called up as a team, but babyface GG about to be flames, though. It was a fire angle, man, and the fans got behind GG there. I want to ask you this, buddy. Who benefits the most from the split of toxic attraction, GG or JC? Before you answer that question, let me just say, we used to do this segment called the three count, right? We stopped doing yeah. it because we ran out of topics. If you have a topic for us, please let us know. Hit us on social medias. And one of them was the biggest heel turn. To the point where I felt like... It was actually one of the first ones we did. I think so, right? I'm yeah. like, bro, there's only two. We can't talk about Shawn Michaels. We can't talk about Hulk Hogan. Those are in the Hall of Fame. Let's, let's put those aside. Let's think of other ones. And I just watched that segment. And you can clearly see it was an homage to Shawn Michaels and the barbershop segment. The way she held his hand up. Totally. The super kick. Crashing, her, crashing him through the plate glass window. Her crashing her through the door. It was a great homage. Well done for all, everybody involved in that segment. I think I'm only disappointed that Stu, uh, I almost said Stu Bennett, uh, Wade Barrett didn't say, oh, you can't have one without the other. <laughs> me Booker T? You're not there anymore. Oh, fuck, dude. I'm blanking oh. out. Sorry. If you wow, watch, it's, if you it's, watch it's NXT every now and then, because apparently that's the last time you watch NXT when Stu Bennett was there. But I think it was a great segment. And if you're going against the barbershop, it's clearly setting up JC Jane to be the more prominent person. However, again, I'll, take, I'll, I'll talk about this till the end of time. They were setting up us marks, us fans, us journalists, talking about how Ted DiBiase Jr. was going to be the Shawn Michaels and Cody Rhodes as the Marty Gennetti of Legacy. Well, womp, womp, womp. We're all wrong there. Right. Right? Everybody was wrong. Nobody predicted Cody Rhodes would have this career. Everybody predicted Cody, uh, Teddy DiBiase would go to the, to the moon, so to speak. So, He's not even wrestling anymore. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like it's too soon to tell. I think both women have great careers ahead of them. Both women can go in the ring. Both women are, I don't say great, but good on the mic. So really, this is too soon to tell for me. I'm looking forward to how this falls out. 
that how this rivalry plays out, who wins this rivalry. It seems like it's going to be Gigi because she's the face. But too soon to tell. But either way, I think we're all win here. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, one would think, you know, JC Jane is obviously, is, you know, having the Shawn Michaels role here. Yeah. Come off as a monster heel. She's got a great look to her. She's got the charisma. She's got the she she's she's got the build to her where she could be a star. You mentioned earlier you're part Gigi, French, right? It, it's called the uh, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. Uh, Gigi, it, she has the unconventional look, but you know we've seen that shine before in WWE quite a few times in recent memory. Uh, Gigi Dolan, like she got a huge pop. Like, there was sympathy for it, a lot of sympathy for her. Uh, one would say though, I mean, like. I know the broken glass and we want to be real glass and Marty cut himself pretty bad, but this was pretty vicious on JC Jane's part as well. Like that, that last kick to the oh, head man. against the door. That could not have been intentional. That someone had to go wrong there because that was full on boom. Right. Right. You know, this it, has been a gifs about that multiple times since I've was, seen it over and over again. Was the door supposed to open and she, her fall through? Like, I don't know what happened. Something did not go right there because there was no way that was supposed to happen. But either way, it just tells a better story going forward. I don't necessarily see a Marty Janetti here. Okay. That's like, fine. I, 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 I don't, I don't far, disagree with you. As far as like, you know, a, a career aftermath, I, I think both stars are in very good hands here. But I, I could see Gigi coming out over JC Jane when the, the long term from this, just because of the moment, momentum behind her and knowing what she can do, what she can bring to the table here from her di- time in the Indies. Okay. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. So, you know, in the meantime, I think we're all going to enjoy this ride. It's going to yeah, be a hell of an forward angle. To it. it was great. They did a great job telling the story on Vengeance Day, and now here we are, the actual breakup. I'm all in. Well, moving on to AEW, buddy. So we'll have new tag team champions to the surprise of many. Not this guy. BR- not this guy. <laughs> BR Wrestling at BR Wrestling. And dot, 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 new shock face. The Guns defeat the acclaim to become new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Dude, I, it was a hush silence. Yes. It was wild. <laughs> like, people were shocked. People were pissed. People were, like, you know, with a pitchforks to Tony Khan, like, this is an outrage. Are the guns worthy of being tag team champions? I think I know the answer to this from your end, but go for it anyway. <clears throat> yes. Why? No, absolutely not worthy at all. Um, <laughs> I'm not invested in AEW. I haven't been for a while. I don't hate AEW. I watch it every week. But me and Mark had a conversation months ago, and I'm like, the gun club had a great promo. And i kind of like, oh, yeah, let me get into this. Before they broke up, there's still Billy Gunn involved. So I've been following the Gun Club a while. Their interaction with the Acclaim, the Billy Gunn. I think I love all four, five of these men. I think all five of the men have great chemistry together. It just seemed very random. I get the storyline with Billy Gunn involved. I thought Billy Gunn was going to turn on them here to have his boys. I think, I th- I think, I, I think everyone right? did. Yeah. I think everyone did. I yeah. think it was obvious. So I avoided my phone because I was on the delay. Like, let me turn my phone away. I don't want to see what happens. I know what they're going to tell me. I kind of expected them to win, but with Billy Gunn's involvement, but the fact that he, they didn't get involved, it's just telling a great story. I don't, are they worthy? Are they the best tag team in AEW? No, they are not. They're far from it. No. Far from And they're it. very, very young. It just makes sense storyline-wise, depending on how they follow the next couple weeks going forward. But congratulations to them. I mean, if they're not worthy, but good for them, they got it. It's on their resume for the rest of their lives. I think you hit it on the head, though, here. It, it, it's about the story. I, and it, 
I think this is what the, these AEW marks don't really get is because they only really focus on the matches and what's in front of them, but they're not seeing the bigger picture here. You know, the, I think there is a story to be told here, or at least I hope there is, because there there's money to be made in this rivalry, right? Like, are the guns? Do they do they deserve to be tag team champions? Absolutely not. No way in hell. There's so many other tag teams that are more worthy than them, and the claim is so hot right now. You might as well keep the belts on them. But you know, if this is a way to get the get Billy Gunn off the acclaimed, if this tells a bigger story, if this actually winds up being a way for the acclaimed to like you know fight their way back and get that shine again, uh, you know, give them something to fight for and get fans even more behind them and invested in, like you know that that's something to be said. Well, your father's Billy Gunn, and he tells you what he knows. Taking storyline away, taking character away. The Gun Club aren't a bad tag team. They're not a bad team. It's just like there's just so much talent in the yeah. tag team division at AEW that, like, you know, they are the lesser ones of that division. It just so happens to be that way. But they have a great storyline going into it. And half the product about being professional wrestling is storyline. And the storyline is behind the Gun Club being tag team champions to get the crowd to hate them even more. Because everybody loves the acclaimed. So I am curious how this plays out. How long is their reign? Do they have a long reign? Are they transitional champions? Are they paper champions until the acclaimed gets them back? But if the acclaimed gets them back, there has to be something with Billy Gunn here. If they win, if they beat the Gun Club at Revolution in March and Billy Gunn's still there, what was the point? What was the point? Or, you know, is is the Gun Club going to be set up to be like a, a major heel team where they they just squeak out wins by any means necessary being like the claim being ftr you know that could gain the major heat amongst the fans because they're very beatable to, like you know rick flair very beatable champion but yeah. he still finds a way to win True. or keep the belt some way or another the gun club maybe they could be that team don't know but like again there's money to be made in this feud and i hope they keep it going moving on though to impact buddy hell throws over again how about Seriously, that? Seriously, what the hell's going on here? Am I dreaming? <laughs> what is this? It's uh, all an illusion. Are you really Mark Schwann? Is this Green Man in disguise? What's going on here? It was me, buddy. <laughs> it was me all along. No, but, but but seriously, why are we talking about NXT and Impact on the same show? Is everything okay? You feeling okay? Well, you know, your birthday's coming up, so figure it through your bone here. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, that means more to me than anything you've ever done in my life. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Impact, so, here we go. Impact was trending, right? But you know, not not one particular subject really jumped out. It was just impact. You know why? Because the whole show is fucking badass. There was a lot of things going on there, but this one seemed to stuck out, stick out the most. And this is something me and you we know pretty well here. So Draven at Wrestling Covers talks about this. Marty Draven, Bell, by the way, Draven double dipping, d- double double dipping. Yeah, Marty Bell and C- and Sienna or Allison K. Uh, the hex is. Here at Impact TV, we know a little bit about the Hex. We a covered bit, them yeah. at BCW. Putty, for those that don't know, for you know the regular Impact watchers that may not follow the Indies or may not follow NWA, what can they expect from the Hex? Everything. <laughs> so big. So big. Let's, let's no, it's not, it's not being made. Whatever you can imagine, they'll deliver. When I think of female tag teams, right, you have the Iconics, and then you have the Hex. Every other female tag team is just friendly thrown together to make a tag um, team. Blonde Force Trauma, the BCW tag team champions. I was going to get to that later, but okay. But if you add them here now in this conversation, that, that's three. Impact has d- decided to create a tag team women's division title. 
at that time, they created a lot of tag teams to fight for this title. How did they even have a tournament? But since then, they've kind of floundered on that. One of their main storylines going into this is Giselle Shaw being the Black Widow, breaking up tag teams. She broke up Diana and Chelsea Green. Evans and Steeles broke up. So there's no real tag teams in Impact. And I've mentioned that a couple times on this show, whenever we talk about Impact. What do you think women's tag teams? You think of the Hex. So to bring some credibility to that tag team division, which is kind of floundering, great move, and the way they were brought in with Father James Mitchell. Did not see that one no. at all. Because like, I've, I've, heard, I've, I've heard some tales about the Hex making a move to Impact. And I was like, all right, cool for them. I can't wait to see that happen. And I didn't expect them to come out like this. This was, this was a surprise for me. So you have Havoc and you have Rosemary, right? They're involved in the undead realm with Father James Mitchell, who their father is presumed to be the devil. But Father James Mitchell is on their side here. But now he's bringing in a tag team to counteract them. What a great way to debut the Hex and Impact. Marty Bell has been a former Impact knockout. And now he's here. Now here she is coming back. It's just like, I love the Hex. I love Marty Bell. I love Sienna, Allison Kay. I'm so so happy to see them stepping up on the division, so to speak. Because you have NWA, they're not nationally and globally known because they're on YouTube. Exactly. But now you have them on Impact, who, again, we talk about all the time, is on a D-list network. But now it could be a step up to maybe AEW or WWE coming up. Good for them. Looking forward to how this feud plays out. And I'm, they have to win here and dominate the Impact Tag Team division. Who else but the Hex? That's what I expect. I expect them to dominate the tag team division because, you know, as single competitors, these women can go. We've seen that before. But, you know, as a team, they just their chemistry is just it's just insane. I've seen it from NWA. I've seen it from, like, you know, studying tape in the indies. And then we saw it firsthand at BCW. I think it was the anniversary. BCW anniversary was? Yes, the summer. When, when uh, Blonde Force Trauma defended championships against the Hex. And it was a great match. I mean, you got to do commentary for that. Oh, man. Never forget it. And the thing is, they're very good at character work as well. You know, like, they, they, they have personality. They have charisma. It's not just, like, the fact that they can go in the ring. They, oh, man, I'm agreeing with you a lot today. When you say they, they bring everything. Well, don't worry about table, it. Just, they just they, they really do. Yes, so. But anyway, buddy, that's all I have for TVD. Do you have anything else, buddy? Because I, I know usually you want to follow up with Impact, but. No, I, it's, I feel like weird now. Like, what do I do here? You feel dirty, don't you? Anyway, Mark, before I get into your go-home thoughts, let me cut you off here and say, this past week we recorded the very first episode of A Shot of BCW, talking about the fallout of Queen of the North 4. How does that lead into Anniversary 6? My special guest was the one and only, the governor of BCW, AJ Penn, my best friend, Mark's best friend as well. It's not my best friend. Uh, Can it's you fine. just not put words in my mouth? Don't put words in my mouth. That's fine. I really appreciate it if you don't do that. Really? Because he talks very highly of you. So it's weird that you're talking so negatively towards him. What, what does it say? What but, does it say highly? Because the dude, he, he says one thing and he does another. Actions speak louder than words, buddy. So we recorded the show this past week. But however, it will be posting this coming week. If you are listening to this show right now, don't do anything. A shot at BCW will be released on this very feed. Nothing more you have to do. Just stay, sit back, relax, stay tuned to your notifications because a shot of BCW will be released in the next coming days. We're talking about BCW all time on this show. Now we're getting a condensed, exclusive version of everything BCW. A shot, if you will, 
of BCW. With me, the governor of BCW, AJ Pan. So stay tuned to the next coming days for that. And, and then part two of Darius Carter's interview. In addition to me and AJ Penn, you get part two of Darius Carter interview. Mark Swan just cut me off, so I guess he has more to speak. Mark Swan, any going thoughts for you? I mean, hell, I'm, I'm looking forward to the six-year anniversary of BCW. That takes place March 18th at Ridgefield Park, New Jersey, the mecca of indie wrestling. I'm very excited for this one, man. I believe that we'll be back in the commentary booth together. I believe, I rumor has it, Cheyenne will be back as well. God, please hope so. And the first match was released this past week. Rufus Lala versus Raleigh Shepard. A match has been in the making for a long time. BCW Women's Championship is on the line here. Dude, I remember the, the beef that they had from anniversary, what, four? And here we are, three years later, and this match is finally happening. It's, it's, it's going to be hard-hitting. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited about the anniversary of BCW. You know why? Why? Because that correlates with the anniversary of a shot of wrestling. So coming up next weekend, we'll celebrate the anniversary of the shot of wrestling. Seven years. Insane. Insane. Seven years? Wow. And I think you're my longest reigning co-host to date. Oh, wow. That's Hitch- an honor. That's huge. I'll take that. You should. It's a huge honor. So we wouldn't be here without you, my friend. So we'll talk about that next week on our anniversary show. But for now, my drink's empty, Marcus. Let's go celebrate and party some more. Where can people find you on social medias? You can find me on my website, yourfavoriteactor.com. All my social media links are in there, including episodes of Shot of Wrestling, including my interviews that I have. Check check it out. Also, follow us on all forms of social media at Shot of Wrestling. You can check us out on YouTube as well. Lots of our clips play on there. Our interviews as well. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Let us know how we're doing as well. Like, you know, give us a five-star rating because I think we deserve it. But, hell, hell yeah, you, know, you might think differently. You might think differently. You're you're you're, uh, you're entitled to give us whatever you think you are. But five stars, I think, is the way to go. If you give us, like, one or two, let us know what we can do different. Because we are from the fans to the fans. Mark Schwann, we were recording the show Friday night. So, before it's said and done, lock in your prediction for the Super Bowl. I'm taking Kansas City Chiefs at plus three and a half. So I am covering my bet anyway because I really think this game is going to come down to a last-minute field goal. How much money do you have writing on this? I am not going to talk about that on the air at all. Anyway, for Mark Schwann, for Darius Carter, thank you for being here. I've been your host, Amateur Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>